This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 19th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Senator Bernie Sanders calls himself a democratic socialist and calls for the U.S. to be more like countries like Denmark. Cato's Marion Tupi and Emily Eakins discuss the most recent democratic debate with specific reference to the struggle between socialists and capitalists within the Democratic Party. Bernie Sanders in the Democratic debate from last week talked about democratic socialism. He described himself as a democratic socialist and he uh, describes democratic socialism uh, is about saying that it is immoral and wrong for the top one-tenth of one percent in this country to own uh, almost as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent. That is wrong today in a rigged economy that 57 percent of all new income is going to the top one percent. And then a little bit later he says, uh, those those are some principles that I believe in and I think we should look to countries like Denmark, like Sweden, like Norway and learn from what they have accomplished for their working people. The socialists of old believed in, uh, in nationalization of the means of production. So uh, in that sense, uh, uh, Senator Sanders is actually an improvement on all old socialists. All he believes is uh, – um, he doesn't believe in nationalization of uh, factories and means of production. What he talks about is taking away the the product, the produce of of the private sector, and then redistributing it in in uh, ways that the government um, uh, in the ways that suits the government. It is true that uh, Scandinavian countries. Um, have higher rates of taxation and the higher rates of uh, redistribution. Um, but it's also true uh, that they are much more free market and much more capitalistic than uh, Sanders is willing to admit. Uh, for example, Sanders is a, a lifelong uh, trade protectionist. He would like to increase tariffs um, on, on uh, imports. Uh, and uh, his favorite country, Denmark, uh, has actually freer trade with the rest of the world than does the United States. Uh, Denmark also beats the United States when it comes to uh, doing business. In other words, uh, according to the World Bank, the uh, Denmark um, embraces uh, free enterprise and, and the private sector more than uh, than the United States. So um, that's that's for Denmark. As for Sweden, um, well, uh, the Swedes have tried socialism back in the 70s and the 80s, and that ended in a in a crash of the economy back in 1991. And they've been cutting down on their welfare spending ever since then. Uh, Norway, I think, belongs to a completely different category because it is a very oil-rich country with very few people. So. Uh, they are capable just by, by nature of producing so much wealth um, by, by selling oil to maintain a welfare state, whereas countries that don't have oil, such as Denmark and, uh, and Sweden, um, have already run into problems uh, with their very excessive welfare states and have tried to cut them back. In fact, uh, the Danes have just elected a central-right government that is committed to cutting uh, their rates of taxation. Isn't the key uh, element here, though, that these are countries that have decided to have welfare states but have decided to pay for them up front? It is very true that uh, the Scandinavian economies are, uh, are paying for their welfare states with uh, higher rates of taxation, whereas the American people uh, do not um, – carry the full burden of their government spending, primarily because um, our country, uh, the United States, is able to borrow uh, so much of what we spend annually uh, overseas. Emily Eakins, who calls themselves socialists in America today? Um, not many people, to be honest with you. Um, 
In most polls um, that have asked people how favorable they are towards the idea or the concept of the economic system of socialism and capitalism, capitalism always wins. Um, the people who do like socialism, though, um, tend to be Democrats, uh, younger people, primarily those that are in college, college age, young people, um, and also people with uh, lower levels of education. We see that as people get older and as they have higher levels of education, um, they become much more supportive of capitalism and less supportive of socialism. In most instances, if you like capitalism, you aren't really a fan of socialism, except for one group. Democrats, actually a majority of Democrats, about 52%, say they're favorable of socialism and of capitalism, which I think speaks to Marion's point about what Bernie Sanders was trying to say. In their minds, capitalism and socialism are not, they're not thinking of them in the same ways that, uh, that Republicans are thinking of them. They think that they can kind of coexist um, because they view socialism as just a large welfare state rather than the technical definition, which is government ownership of the means of production. I, I agree with that. I, I think that part of the problem is that Sanders himself is has introduced confusion into the language. Um, if he called himself a social democrat, and I don't know why he doesn't do that, because if he did that, uh, people would understand it. Uh, being a social democrat is what uh, the governments of uh, Denmark uh, historically used to be and the governments of Norway and the governments of Sweden. And also um, being a social democrat doesn't carry with it uh, that, that, that stigma of socialism uh, that you are talking about. Plus, it is much more descriptive of where Sanders actually stands. He doesn't want to uh, nationalize and expropriate owners of factories and and what have you shops. Um, all he wants to do is to take their money. Now, that for a little bit, obviously that's a very serious problem, um, and it's a very serious problem for me personally because I, I grew up in uh, in communist Czechoslovakia, um, where uh, obviously um, socialism uh, was full fledged and ended up in disaster, uh, just as it ended up in disaster in uh, in uh, Venezuela when it was tried there and Cuba and so forth. So to see a man embrace, like Senator Sanders, a, a frontrunner, or rather one of the highest polling um, uh, members of the Democratic Party, uh, to embrace socialism, um, uh, to me, is quite appalling. Yes, and I think it's pretty clear that he doesn't quite know what the technical de definition of socialism is, and, and neither do the American people, largely, because when you ask them about what they think about an economic system where the government manages the economy, so you're being more, if we're more specific and concrete, then support for that plummets, even among Democrats and young people. People don't want the government to run Uber or Amazon or decide um, uh, how much uh, shipping charges should be from Amazon. Um, but what they do want is a larger welfare state, and they don't see that being a contradiction with capitalism. Okay. With respect to Hillary Clinton specifically, she comes to the defense of capitalism, which is kind of odd in its own way uh, in a democratic debate. I guess it shows at least in some ways a shift maybe of the Democratic Party or at least what Democrats believe people uh, think about the economy and how it ought to be run. So what does Hillary Clinton say? In the debate, um, uh, 
Senator Sanders, Sanders refused to call himself a capitalist. And right after that, Hillary Clinton said, when I think about capitalism, I think about all the small businesses that were started because we have the opportunity and the freedom in our country for people to do that and to make a good living for themselves and their families. Now, she caveated that by saying she wanted to rein in what she called the excesses of capitalism. But she said, we would be making a grave mistake to turn our backs on what built the greatest middle class in history. This was a very, uh, I think, uh, interesting quote or, or comment that she made, and it shows who she is trying to win. She is leading in the Democratic polls, um, on average nationally by 20 points. The only state in which she is um, losing to Senator Sanders is uh, New Hampshire, but everywhere else, she's ahead. So she doesn't need to appeal to the median Democratic voter. She is appealing to the median voter overall, the, the median American, the independent. And they like capitalism. And so she knew she had to come to the defense of capitalism. Hmm. That's that's uh, really very interesting. Um, I, I suppose if she called herself an anti-capitalist or a socialist, it would be very difficult for her to backtrack then um, in, in, um, uh, in the general election. And also shows that she is, uh, she is quite comfortable thinking that she's going to pull it off in the primaries, that, that she, her level of confidence is clearly very, very high. Yes, she's planning for the general election. Um, and we've seen um, a July 2015 Gallup poll found that 50% of Americans would not vote for a socialist. That was more people who, than, who said they would not vote for an atheist, a Muslim, a gay, or a lesbian. And those groups um, have traditionally been, have polled the lowest. So that shows that, pe that the average American is not enthusiastic about having a socialist president. Hillary Clinton knows that. And so she knows that she has to, um, to some degree, defend capitalism while also giving, uh, making the necessary caveats to win over the mm -hmm. Democratic base. It will also be very interesting to see over time uh, what happens uh, to those young people whom you say are so keen to embrace um, uh, high levels of redistribution. I mean, this is obviously the cohort that supported Obama, and uh, maybe they feel that uh, he wasn't uh, revolutionary enough, radical enough, redistributionist enough. And uh, now they are supporting uh, the most uh, extreme leftist um, out there. Uh, you know, Friedman used to say, Milton Friedman used to say that uh, we are always only one generation away from, from losing um, these liberties that we have, uh, be it political or economic. Um, and uh, it's just so incredibly important to reach out to young people for Cato and for others um, to, um, uh, to talk to them about, about uh, capitalism, about uh, political and economic freedom. Um, because, because obviously, with the with the Cold War fading in in our memories, let alone the memories of people who were not even born, um, um, you know, uh, the 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 positives of capitalism and the the horrors of communism and socialism are no longer are no longer visible, and people simply don't don't know uh, what it would mean if a true socialist took over a, a massive, uh, sophisticated economy like the United States. Where does Bernie Sanders draw his support from? So Bernie Sanders has a very narrow base. Um, he tends to, to draw disproportionately among uh, young, white, liberal males. Um, so he 
In some states, he has twice as much support from men than he does from women. Um, and he doesn't draw much support from African-Americans or Hispanics. So Hillary Clinton tends to win that vote, and she also obviously does better among women. Emily Eakins is a research fellow at the Cato Institute, and Marion Tupi directs the Cato Project, humanprogress.org. You can read more of their work at cato.org.